Welcome to the Sacred Feminine Power Podcast, where we explore the many facets of feminine power and why it is so important for women and for men to step into this power in our world at this time. This is Emmy from Feminine Revered, and my beautiful guest for today is Arna Bartz. Arna is an artist, writer, educator, and poet. She's been finger painting from the beginning when her father, also creative, encouraged her by taping paper to the walls of their home and letting her loose with paint. As a result, she's an expressive artist with a belief in non-judgment, often purposely leaving her mistakes in an attempt to allow the unfolding to participate in a finished piece. Her arts practice ranges in extremes from the creation of small and playful to large and serious. Most of Arna's work is an extension of her philosophical nature, bringing her gifts of personal insight and joy. Arna has won and been selected for many art awards, including those of prestige, and has both art and words published extensively around the globe. Her first and favorite claim to fame, however, was being held upside down and used as a paintbrush by the celebrated Australian artist John Olsen. This fun was had at a workshop in St. John's Cathedral in Brisbane in 1974. <laughs> Beautiful. Welcome, Arna. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. And it's, it's well, really, you. yeah, it's really a blessing to have you with us. And I'm, I'm really look, looking forward to where our conversation will take us. Yes, me too. Beautiful. Now, Arna, since my podcast is called Sacred Feminine Power, I love to start by asking my guests, what does Sacred Feminine Power mean to you personally? Well, um, Sacred Feminine Power, that has taken on so many faces throughout my life, um, from being little, little female and not even understanding that there was any such thing so much as gender, and um, and not really having any connection or um, example of feminine um, deity or God or source or anything. It was all Catholic, um, masculine authority. And um, so as this little person, you know, when you're little, you look at, others and that's how you get your information you know I think I think as human beings we 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 meet ourselves in others all the time I wonder if it's even a um a, a natural function of the human system to only know itself through relationship with other beings and other humans and um, the natural world and what we are exposed to and so for me the authority figures were all either um priests or um more assertive aggressive kind of masculines and um even um then even the nuns were so masculinized and so angry that um it was hard to see the feminine anywhere um as I got a little bit older, I started to become more aware of my mother and her beauty and her her words that were um, often um, quieted uh, by the men in her life, you know. And not to say that my dad isn't wonderful. They're both still alive and they're both beautiful, but obviously there's lots of <laughs> growth that needs to happen mm. in uh, 
in our world, in our society. Um, but I started to notice her and that sacred feminine began to just rear its head a little. Um, and then very early I began to um, have relationships that, you know, weren't the best relationships, but they made me a mother very young. And so that plus this sudden, as I became a mother at 16, 17, this sudden desire to know myself as a woman and as a mother and recognise the power and the beauty of, of woman, which I was struggling with and I could see that I was struggling with it um, because I hadn't really known anything amazingly powerful that was feminine, um, it sent me on a journey. So I started to read more and, and still it was still a lot of masculine voices but I was gleaning the sacred feminine. Um, and and so what it means to me, since that's just the beginning, you could see how there might be some kind of um, curiosity and a little bit of a struggle in, in even understanding a spiritual nature of, of female, of feminine um I I began to to find myself, I suppose. And as I did that, as I as I uncovered more of who I was in spirituality, I started to feel, feel lean in the direction of feminine rather than masculine as a spiritual um experience. No, not necessarily yet as a God source, but as a spiritual experience that felt more feminine because it felt safer, like spirituality was a safe place and that and that wasn't made, um, it wasn't very clear with the masculine God. It didn't feel safe. It felt um, fearful. It really felt ferocious actually. You better do it right or else. Mm. And with the feminine, sacred feminine leaning to the spiritual it started to begin to feel safe so oh well just really I didn't have a clear 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 what's the word initiation initiation into the sacred feminine until I was about 46 so that was many years on after seeking and and playing around with the ideas of of masculine feminine energy and spiritual energy being more feminine. And when I was 46, there was this moment where I was on the beach and I was, I knew that my second long-term marriage was coming to an end. Um, and I was so sad. And I said, I just looked up and said, what would it feel like? What would it feel like if I had no resistance? To, to love, to the universe. And I felt this instantaneous shooting tingle which went from the soles of my feet all the way out through my body in a, out the crown of my head in a, just an instant and it was the most sublime feeling, was absolutely an answer to my question and it was, it felt very feminine and it felt very powerful and the, um, the, it felt separate to me. So it was I had actually met 
the sacred feminine in an instant. And I cling to that moment because it was just the most powerful moment. So I don't know what the sacred feminine actually is, but the experiences that I've had tell me that it's a wildly powerful force and it takes us to drop out of our resistance and out of our thinking we know everything in order to feel it. That would be my answer. Sorry, it's a very long-winded one. <laughs> no, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing about your life so openly and, and so grace graciously as well. And wow, what a powerful initiation indeed. That's really, really beautiful. Now, you, you probably already started providing some little hints here and there as, as to what the answer to my next question is. But Arna, would you please share with us a challenge that you have faced that's really helped you to activate this power within you? Yeah, that's quite an easy one because around about the same time as I was, um, well, really, <laughs> when I was 28, so in the first long-term marriage that I was in, I, I um, found myself after the birth of my sixth child and my first daughter um, in a really, really strange place. And this place was so um, intense. It, was like, it felt like depression, but it was more of a um, I just lost contact with my with my belief systems. It was really, really strange time. And um, I've only experienced that once uh, once more in my life and that was as I hit 50 and went into, a, I think it was a menopausal time, um, so there were hormonal fluctuations, but they both were profoundly spiritual um, awakenings. So when I was 28, I went out and I called out again to the, this was before I met the sacred feminine, but I called out, I am I, I am willing to change and be free because I felt so claustrophobic in this body that was um I had nothing, I had no belief systems. It was a really strange feeling. And when I did that, um let me think. Almost immediately that I did call out like that everything in my life started to change and it was hugely challenging um my my marriage broke down I didn't realize that it was on its way out at the time but it absolutely broke down I started to have strong um pranic energy rushes which were really frightening through my body um but I feel now it was a burning up of so much um uh, of the fear and the tensions and the, and the probably karmic past life stuff. So much was being burned up very, very quickly. Um, and I had really strong um, imposing visions of the masculine, um, a masculine face. So with my eyes closed and I, you know, wasn't able to sleep and I was in high anxiety a lot of the time, but there was this vision and I couldn't kind of um, shake it until I one day after a suggestion from a friend that I just, instead of trying to get away from it, I allowed it to um, be there. Uh, before that I would do anything I could to not look at this face, but I just looked right into its eyes it was just this, such a frightening spectre and 
it didn't really look like anything except a, a masculine face. Um, and as soon as I was willing to face it, it disappeared, went away. And that, when that happened, uh, it was such a relief for a start, but um, it showed me that there was power in the facing, the facing up to whatever it is that was frightening us, even if it was something that was totally out of our control, supernatural, whatever. And I had a number of dreams that showed me that. And um, so the challenges in my life, they've, they've kind of, they've, they've come as oftentimes these answers to, to my questioning um, and, and the ends of these relationships, which is just bizarre. So that was the end of that relationship. And then I, a few years later, I got into another one. It went for a long time. And at the end of that, it was like 2016 or something. The last four years, I, I've been on this journey of masculine feminine through my art and um, just my curiosity. I needed to understand the energy of masculine, the energy of feminine, how they work together, where the balance was, you know, because I could feel that there was masking, so much masking going on mm. in our society that we were unable to access ourselves and our true there's so much entanglement so the challenges those challenges in my life have brought the most amazing gifts because they've sent me on each of them sent me on journeys to to untangle that whole the whole energetics around masculine feminine which is allowed for me to see the power of the masculine and yet but not be um not have it um dominate me and see the power of the feminine and know how to use it and how to connect with it so yeah the challenges have been in the relationships with other energies other people it, it, and it really doesn't matter whether they're boys or girls or whatever they are because we're all we all have have this energy running through us, access to them. So, yeah, that would be my answer, relationships. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. Certainly a huge teaching ground for, for me as well. Mm. And um, how would you say, Arna, these challenges that you faced in those relationships, how are they supporting you now on your path and perhaps especially in the way you, you create art? They have been, um, okay, how are they supporting me? Um, it's giving me some, it's like a, just trying to think of the word because I see the, see the pictures in my brain, um, a tiller. So it's like a boat. It's a steering, a direction thing. So having, having been so, um, oh, I suppose acutely um, sensitive, to these energies and curious and learning constantly it's it's helped me I think it's helped me ask questions like ask the right questions with my art when I'm painting I'm so much more aware um, of the the questions in my head instead of my my ego or my um uh, my mind uh, my thoughts patterns being in control of me 
I'm now through those, having had to go through those particular um, challenges and, the, and just the intense um, spirituality of those challenges because it takes you to places which you just, well, for me, I had no frame of reference um, in, in this human body, in this lifetime anyway, no real frame of reference for such, um, you know, the only thing that I knew about was the idea of God demons and um you know hell and heaven and so when I start to see visions it, I would just go there and um that was that was all I had so I had to become I had to become curious and I had to become aware so that I could um navigate my life better and not fall into this sort of you know the unknown is so scary so scary I had to work through all of these challenges and use my art as definitely, I wouldn't call myself an artist, although I am an artist. That isn't just what I am. I use my art as another conduit for connecting with my myself and my um, my true power. And um, and I've learned in the last, just in the last year since that last big whoomph that happened when I. I turned 50, it seemed like overnight, all of a sudden, again, all my values, my my belief systems all peeled away. And I look back at it now and I would say that I'd been having, giving, making intentions prior to that to know myself better and to really understand what my belief system is, to have more command of my, um, my path and my manifesting powers and things. Um, so I think I set that up and then I turned 50 and it was stripped away and I don't really know exactly how that can occur but it just dropped away. Um, anything that I could, I would, old tools didn't work, old thoughts didn't soothe me. I had to literally sit in, in the unknown and allow all the fears and all the um, all the untruths to come up. And um, I learned how to be, um, how to surrender a, a lot more and how to be with the feelings in my body. And that's where I was getting to. So the art has led me. So it's quite a, quite a train of, <laughs> of um, circumstances that has led me to understand that to contact that spiritual feminine or spiritual power, um, ironically, because I, I know we look up, we look up to it, look up to the universe, up to the heavens. There's this upward looking or outward, upward. Somebody else, you know, to show me who I am and show me how to how, and help me. I've learned that it's absolutely about integrating into our body and that most of us are a little outside of ourselves <laughs> coming back in slowly to ground and art has helped me find that, I would say. It's a long-winded answer as well. I don't even know where we began. <laughs> That's okay. I love your answers, Arna. And I, I especially the, the last point that you made there around really integrating into our bodies to mm -hmm. find that source of power, to find that source of inspiration as well. It is so very potent. And it's, it's um, I think more and more people around the world are really starting to wake up to the importance of being able to 
not just connect with our bodies at a whole new level, but really descend into our bodies and through our bodies into Mother Earth because of all the craziness that still seems to be surrounding us uh, globally everywhere else and really finding that refuge and that solace and that anchor inside our bodies. Would, would you agree with that? I do. And I think it's an exciting um, um, offshoot to what's going on. So I like to think, all right, in my life, whatever's happened, it's led to something. And, you know, the next thing always happens, as someone said. Um, and I love the idea that the stuff that is going on that is so uh, intense and heartbreaking and um, um, seemingly unnatural um, mm. has these this ability. We have the ability to to rise and meet that in in these new ways that we, you know. And it, what it seems to be showing me is it it makes us see differently so when these there's these challenges and again it's the unknown I think it's I think what's going on in the world is so fearful because it feels like it's out of our control whereas before this all happened we could even though we had circumstances in our lives that would come up and make us feel like, okay, for a while we're out of control and we've got to, you know, find our equilibrium, this has been this ongoing sense of talking of authority, of something happening outside of us and trying to make us move in certain ways and um, forcing us to take autonomy, you know, to look at ourselves and go, who am I really? And you know, instead, of, oh, we can fall into division. We can go, all right, I'm in this camp, I'm in this camp regarding whatever in this world of duality. Or we can actually go, who am I really? You know, am I just acting on on fear or is this, is this, who am I? And when we ask that question, who am I, what I've found is that it gets answered and not by ourselves because our mind has this small structure kind of we're working within um neuroplasty that has been developed just in our lives it's our little filter but when we ask who am i as this times have have you know evoked in many of us we get answered um in ways that you know just can be just so enlightening and it has i think for many we've gone it's brought up survival. So survival, mm. when you look at survival, I look at the um, nervous system going into survival mode and what that means and the whole sympathetic nervous system as opposed to the parasympathetic nervous system. So having to get to know that, that, that part of ourselves so that we can, we can soothe ourselves out of that sympathetic um, flight, fight or freeze response and into that, that everything's okay, everything is going to be fine. I can, I can breathe through this. I'm, I'm now. I'm feeling serene. And when we, I think when we do that, the natural leaning is towards the earth. So we we get the true survival comes in, not the 
kind of holy shit <laughs> what am I going to do now I'm, I'm you know kind of survival freaking out survival we've got the true survival and the true survival is it's so clear to so many of us it is the earth it is in the earth it's it's so it became so clear to me that I I started to see underneath this veil of of what we know as the earth into what I'm calling the true earth and that is that is a a pure reflection of of our our bodies our little microcosmic earths that we live in and I started to see that when I was kind to me I was naturally kinder to the earth and when I was kind to the earth I was being kind to me and it was just so powerful so um Yes, I totally agree. We're we're getting we're getting back to who we truly are, and that is that is the earth. That's nature. Mm, beautiful. I love everything that you said there, and it resonates very very deeply. And it is so true that when we're kinder to ourselves, we are kinder to Mother Earth, and vice versa as well. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. Now, Arna, in in the when I introduced you, uh, I, I mentioned briefly about how you just leave perfectionism out of your artwork, out of your painting, and allow the mistakes to stay in as well when they need to be staying in. I would love to explore just briefly the concept of per perfectionism because it's something that I have dealt with pretty much all my life and I've, I've become so much better with it. But I noticed that especially in relation to art, and creative tasks which are not very present in my life at the moment and I really miss it because I love doodling and painting and, and drawing and all of that but I notice that nowadays there's a huge kind of a step for me to take to start even doodling or sketching because I need it to be perfect from the beginning so what would you say to people who have this kind of a tendency? Oh, this perfectionism it, it's so funny because I've I've come up against or I've come <laughs> up, I've seen perfectionism come up in a number of different places and it's uh, in my life it's been very obvious. So one of them is in martial arts, which I do, mm. and I can see that. And now I've advanced to the level where I'm instructing martial arts. I, I, I can clearly see it in students and I recognise it so well. Um, it's this... It freezes people and I think it's based on, and it's in art and I see it in my students with, with artists and myself, um, it's based on a fear, a fear of disapproval, um, not getting something right. It's often the core is, um, well, it's authority, parental, if not spiritual authority, that if I don't get it right, and it's so weird to think that making a picture could actually be connected to our core spirituality, that there's a belief system in there that if I get it wrong, I'm in trouble. And it's yes. probably very based on very, very early childhood stuff, if not lifetimes, karmic stuff. Um, and collective, collective energy as well because this sense of judgment, being judged by others, being judged by the self. So there's what I would say to it is there's too much my, too much head in our um, expression, too much thoughts and possibly too, 
when we're little and we're, we're put in school, we're asked to concentrate. When a child concentrates, and I think I heard this, I think it was Alan Watts that was speaking about this um, on YouTube, that when a child is asked to focus and concentrate, they will clench all of their muscles mm. and they will try to see, focus and concentrate. And so that sets us up for a lifetime of when we, we go to, to do something, especially something that we don't have um, very much, we haven't done a lot of, um, and even when we have done years of it as a martial artist or as an artist, you know, I'll still find myself tensing up. We tense up and that stops the creative flow. It doesn't come through. So our perfectionism is because we're afraid and, and what we do is tense up. And if there's one thing that I learned through all of this um, incessant seeking that I've done throughout my life is that as far as I can see, uh, almost everything, if not everything, comes back to how tense we are in our body and those tensions that are layered, that are deep, deep down. So a solution is to be is to treat our art as a as a spiritual practice. When we're coming there, we're going to we're going to come at it as a meditation. I'm going to notice when I'm tense. I'm going to allow myself to do it. I'm allow myself to make mistakes. What am I? Am I like a, a artist that practices eight hours a day? So I should be really good. No, I'm just an ordinary person. I'm just coming here to do a little drawing. We have these high expectations of ourselves. But, yeah, that would be my answer. We, we learn to relax our bodies and notice our tensions and, you know, let that perfectionist archetype have a little bit of a rest, you know, make an intention. That's what I'd say. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Something that I will start applying as well because I really, yeah. really miss that, um, that really, truly creative flow in my life at the moment and, I'm going to get myself a sketch pad and just start <laughs> sketching. Hey, do it. Let yourself, let your three-year-old uh, within actually draw and paint without being, uh, having someone looking over her shoulder. You know what I mean? Like yeah. speak with her, dialogue with that little part. When I have students, um, almost every single one of them starts their first session with me saying, I can't draw Oh, I haven't drawn since I was six or I got in trouble and pulled out of class and they held my chicken up, said it was the ugliest chicken in the world. Mm. Oh, some horrible stories like that. And you can see why a child tenses up and retreats and then the joy and playfulness of art is lost. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Beautiful. Well, Arna, while you've given us a lot of information here and a lot of these nuggets of wisdom that you just kind of throw in there very casually but they're very profound so thank you for sharing all of this with us uh, if our listeners wanted to find out more about you and your work what would be the best place to go um to my website i would say um or to facebook you'll find me and you just have to look up my name anabats artist throw in artist and you'll find my art page I definitely don't look for me on Instagram because I've just recently been hacked and someone's selling Bitcoin in my name. That's not me. Okay. All right. Good to know. I don't know how to stop it. If anyone knows, let us know how to stop that. But, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. And I understand you've got a gift for our listeners as well. 
I do. I have a couple of um, gifts. One of them is this beautiful meditation, um, a relaxation, and it's it was created. I I created as part of um, a program that. Oh, I've done a lot of, created a lot of resources, emotional intelligence, arts connected resources, and um, over the years. And that was a beautiful Scottish woman. And um, her name is escaping me right now. It's Lorraine. Um, I can't remember. I feel terrible about that, but it's on the thing. It's an MP4 that's available um, for, to give the listeners. And also, I offered some. Else, and now I can't remember what it is. <laughs> a PDF, um, yes, coloring. Oh, yeah, the creative warrior. So, um, what you can do is email me if anyone is interested, which um, maybe we can put the email somewhere for people or underbarts at gmail.com, and I will send you those things. I think there might be a link to one of them as well. If I remember what I, what I put there. Sorry. Okay, no, that's fine. No problem at all. We'll include the information in the show notes so people will find find the gift. So thank you so much for that. Appreciate it. Well, Arna, thank you so much for coming onto the show. I've really, really enjoyed um, chatting with you and really just getting to know you a little bit better and learning about from your wisdom or learning from your wisdom rather. Really, really appreciate you and your art, which is absolutely gorgeous and everything that you do in the world. So thank you. Thank you, Emmy. I feel really honoured that you would invite me on. That's just wonderful. And I hope everybody um, feels good and sends me an email and I'll get that stuff off you to play with. Beautiful. Thank you, Arna. Now, everybody, just for a moment, let's focus our intention and our awareness on this beautiful energy that's been activated. And imagine sending this energy to everybody and everything on our planet to remember that we are all truly one and that the more of us have the courage to step into our sacred feminine power, the more quickly our planet will also ascend and heal. Thanks so much for listening.